Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Bobby Howe. And I'm Alex Gehring. We've got a great episode lined up today. Later on, we're going to have Tom Dulick in. He is our cyber fraud expert, and he's going to give us a lot of really great information about cyber fraud and what we can do to prevent our clients from taking on a significant monetary loss. Um, so stay tuned for that. So, Alex, it's January 16th. What? <laughs> we're like halfway through January. And then we're like a 12th of the way through the year after that. So, hey, what's going on? I guess we're like a 24th of the way through the year. How'd that happen? Oh, man. What's been going on the last couple weeks? Well, sure. That's the thing. And now that I've got a kid, Mm -hmm. I feel like time moves even faster. It always seemed like it moved pretty fast. But now uh, the fact that we're two weeks into 2019 is is pretty insane to me. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And this last 11 days have been insane for me. I'm still. Do you feel like I, I feel like the market? I, I'm. I, I know that it's it's getting ready to amp back up. Yes. Those calls are coming in. They're coming in. Right. And I, I feel like February is going to be a solid month. January was. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've been on vacation in Orlando, so I've just been ignoring the phone anyway. So like, I've got so many calls to return. It's going to take me till February to get them all called back. Jeez. Yeah. So yeah. That's that's awesome. So well, what's happening? We've we've got recharge coming up soon, right? We do. That's February twenty eighth. This is our this is our plug. Listen in, recharge February twenty eighth from eight to one at the Sheridan Overland Park, which is at sixty one hundred College Boulevard in Overland Park. And I think it's important to note that the Professional Development Committee at KCRAR we heard uh, all of your feedback Loud about and clear. explode. We know that Explode was not what you were expecting it to be. We have gone back to Recharge, and uh, and I think that you're going to be much happier uh, with with this event. Um, there's going to be a lot of, of great things to learn on the tech side of things. And uh, as we mentioned in, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Bobby knows both of the uh, mm-hmm. both of the speakers, and uh, we have every confidence that they're going to do a great job for us. Yeah, the, you know, it's going to be talking technology, digital marketing, uh, future trends of real estate. What can we be expecting to come out? And here's the thing with Stefan. Stefan is pretty much... Uh, a fortune teller is the best way that I know how to explain Stefan is most everything that he predicts ends up happening. He's really good at studying the trends and figuring out what's going to be happening. And the things and, that might put our industry maybe not at risk, but things right. we need to adapt to. Just the things we don't want to stick our head in the sand about, you know. Right. Um, it's, it's really interesting that, that we bring that up. One of my, for my, um, my Bobby's book bit today, um, Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott, there's actually a quote in that book, um, and as I brought some of the quotes from the book with me that I really, really like, and one of the quotes is, if I can make my pages turn real quick, they're all stuck together, is, I have a friend who's a high-level executive, um, intimidating to many, many, recently promoted a courageous employee who walked into his office with a large bucket of sand and poured it on the rug. What the hell are you doing, demanded my friend. And the employee replied, I just figured I'd make it easier for you to bury your head in the sand on the topic I keep bringing up to you and you keep avoiding. Hmm. You know, how often are we just burying our head in the sand about things because we just don't want to know it. And if I just don't have any awareness around it, it possibly happened. Well, that's not really the way that all of this actually works with real estate that's that's such an easy thing to do it's so easy for us to bury our head because we get busy things are good in the moment Mm -hmm. and it's really difficult to think you know a couple of years down the road how we might how how maybe we should have been adapting our business or um our own personal development and all of these things to to have a better future yep 
in the industry. Yeah. So get your tickets to recharge. They're now available. Um, Buy them, get your butt in the seats and get there and take in the information and then do something with it. Don't just let it sit there. You know, that's so one of the faults that I think too often is that people take the time and they spend the money to go to events and then they don't ever do anything with mm, it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's n- words written on a piece of paper that's in a notebook that gets buried in the back of a closet. No implementation. No, they don't implement, they don't execute, they don't do those things that they need to do. So um, I'm excited to have um, Recharge back as it was always meant to be. Make sure to register for the event and get your tickets. All right. So, I, you know, I, I brought up my book bit. So, um, and I, I guess I should probably talk a little bit more about it. Sure. sure. Okay. So my book for this time, it's called Fierce Conversations. It's a book by Susan Scott. And it all talks about our relationships with everyone, whether they're business, professional, personal, everything that we have, their relationships are just a series of conversations. Um, it's one of the best books that I've ever read. It really helped not only improve my business conversations that I had with people, but it really improved um, my husband and I's conversations um, and or the way that we communicate with each other, which quite frankly, that's the most important communication I can do with anyone, um, even uh, in regards to my six-year-old son. It's really good that we're able to communicate really well. Hmm. Um, one of the quotes from Susan's book is, our work, our relationships, our lives, they succeed or fail one conversation at a time. No single conversation is guaranteed to transform a company, a relationship, or a life. Any single conversation can, though. Speak and listen as if this is the most important conversation you'll ever have. It could be. Participate if it matters, because it does. Um, and I just think too often the conversations we have with people, we just let them kind of go, and we don't, we don't press the matter um, enough. You know, one of the things that Susan says is, as a leader, you'll get what you tolerate. People do not repeat, repeat behavior unless it's rewarded, and that there's something within us that responds deeply to people who level with us. You know, we have a duty and obligation to other people to get to the heart of the matter, to figure out what the problem is, if there's a problem, and put into place a corrective thing going forward. It's when we ignore things that the relationship starts to deteriorate and be less than ideal. So, um, I, I, you know, and we're going to talk fierce conversations. We're going to talk cyber fraud, but it's a matter of having these conversations that sometimes we need to have that we will just put off, that we'll put our head in the sand about. Sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Was well, it time maybe to bring in? Tom? I'm thinking it is. So after a quick break, we're going to be back with Tom, our cyber fraud protection expert. Hey, Alex. Hey, Bobby. Do you know why I love KCRER as much as I do? Why? It's because we are just completely customer-oriented association. Did, did you see what just happened just a little bit ago? Mm, remind me. Okay, so... So we were between sessions and Kip Cooper comes walking by and I'm like, hey, Kip, you got any cake? And he's like, hang on. And he comes back and he brings me this amazing cupcake with a big gumball on top. Kip, I, you're kind of in trouble with me right now. Right, because you didn't get a cupcake, but you didn't ask for a cupcake. Mm. I did. I should for cake. Ask cupcake. and you shall receive. Exactly. So, you know, we just have an amazing association that supports us in everything that we do. Well, if we want to keep that kind of... Uh, <laughs> up right I, I mean i feel like we need to make sure that we show our association that we support them yes just I, like they support us one a little bit ago the the professional development committee had asked about a podcast and uh and lo and behold kcrar has delivered 
Um, and so if you appreciate the podcast and, and you feel like you're getting a lot of value out of it, please hit subscribe. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. If and you like us. If you like us. If you don't like us, don't do anything. Just don't listen then. Right. Right? You can always choose not to listen. <laughs> and then we're going to need you to um, follow us on SoundCloud. That would be really awesome if you could do that. And then tell all your friends on your Facebook, your chaps of snap your installators all of those i'm gonna need you to go tell everybody all about listening to us and how amazing we are but if you hate us again just pretend like this didn't even happen (laughs) right sounds great subscribe now okay welcome back here with us we have tom dulick welcome tom thank you alex nice to be here we're really glad to have you and we're t- going to be talking about wire fraud. And, yeah, cyber fraud, yeah. all that kind of good, fun, exciting thing. So, you know, let's just j- jump right on into the water. So what are the some of the more common traps a realtor can fall into when it comes to cybersecurity? Well, I'm glad you asked what are the traps that a realtor can fall into because really um, the realtor is the primary link to the wire fraud in almost every circumstance. So it is typically the realtor's email that gets hacked. Mm -hmm. Why us? special well that's a really good question Alex and the answer is it's because if they can hack into the realtors email they can get access to all of the parties in the transaction all of the numbers and all of the dates that monies will be sent hmm the most common trap is that they will click on a link uh, that is embedded in an email and that will allow access for the fraudster to get into all of their emails And then typically what happens from there is the fraudster creates a fraudulent email address that is almost identical, and the keyword there is almost identical to the realtor's real email address. So they've got their own server, and they are are acting like they are the realtor in the transaction, Mm. and they they start communicating then with the different parties in the transaction. Wow. So how can we avoid falling into that? So the most important way to do that is to carefully monitor your emails. So there are some common themes that the hackers use, and there are some common ways that the realtor can find out if it is a fraudulent email. And one of the most common is hover over the return email address. If you do that, and it is not your realtor's email address, the actual one, Mm -hmm. at KW, at Better Homes, or at Kansas City Homes, uh, or at real remax.net then it is most likely a fraudulent one one for example we had one just two weeks ago that was at kw.us <laughs> okay so it looked identical it was the same agent's first initial last name and it said at kw.us wow. if you hover over it but if you look at it quickly and you're not paying attention you just see the at kw and therefore you think it's it's valid email right so they, they've come a long way from being you know a nigerian prince asking us for money i mean they're they're really they're really finding ways to get into our into our business they have come a very long way <clears throat> and they've gotten much much more adept at um, mimicking our conversation style so not only do they use proper grammar today and proper sentence structure but they also mimic the words and the choice of words that that agent uses from earlier emails after they've hacked in and they've reviewed them so they're very smart people and the reason they're very smart uh, is that they're after an awful lot of money 
they realize that there's an awful lot of dollars being transferred in real estate transactions. And if they can get a hold of just one of those, they can get tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about the mimicking the words we use. Well, even within Gmail right now, like you start typing a sentence and Mm. it's it's already saying you're probably going to say this. And I would say probably 80% of the time it knows exactly what I'm going to say. So they're probably using a technology that's already feeling out what we've said before using the same terminology. It's just a simple thing to, to do that. And yet how powerful is that whenever the consumer feels like they're, you know, communicating with us? Cause those are our words. Those are things we've talked about. That's right, Bobby. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, maybe they're using artificial intelligence. None of us know, but whatever they are using, they're very, very good at it. Mm-hmm. Now, have they caught people that are doing this or, uh, you know, Alex, that's a really interesting question because we have we have caught a number of attempts okay. here in the last few months, um, and we report them to the FBI, but then we never hear anything after that. Wow. So um, It's we, really hard to track. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, well, we're very hopeful that, number one, the banks are very aware of it, and they are assisting in trying to identify who the bad actors are, but also that once it gets to the FBI, that hopefully they're after them also because they've got somebody's account number that it was supposed to go to. So there is some information at some point in the past where per personal private information was given to that bank for that account. So you would think that they have the tools and they have the information they need to at least attempt to go after the bad actors. Yeah, they can at least get to a level one of someone, maybe not below them who they're feeding into, but there's, there's at least one bad guy out there. Right, because typically what happens is once that fraudulent wire is sent one time, it is sent again and again and again and again, and it's overseas within an hour um, to a number of different banks, and it just goes from one to the next to the next. So that's why it's difficult to eventually find the right person, but there's at least somewhere to start. Right. Tom, I know that you're not an attorney. You're not an attorney, are you? That's correct. That's correct. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. He could be. So, you, you never know. Did you, you stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, though? <laughs> <laughs> no? Sorry. Well, Nothing. the reason why I, 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 I'm curious, uh, is there any legal precedent that you're aware of that puts, even though a realtor might not be able to control this once it's happened, is there some liability, some legal liability to the realtor once somebody gets into their account and this happens, are, are we in jeopardy here? Okay, that's a great question, Alex. And the real answer is, if there's a lawyer out there that's willing to take the case and file a lawsuit, then yes, there is some legal jeopardy. And at, at the very least, there are going to be some significant legal expenses for a realtor to, to defend themselves in the event that their client gets hacked or their funds go to the wrong place. And that's why we say the most important thing that the agent should be doing on a regular basis is communicate early and often about the risk of wire fraud and make it very, very clear to their clients on both sides that they should never, ever, ever follow wiring instructions that are sent to them via email because email is not secure. And we're all aware of that. But in the heat of the moment, when there's a lot of stress and it's the last few days mm-hmm. right before people are closing and moving and they get a wire that looks identical to a real one. I mean, right down to the logos, the person's name and contact information. It will look identical. The only things that will be different are account numbers and telephone numbers. They even change the telephone numbers on the email so that if a call is made to verify that wiring information, the call <laughs> goes to the fraudster. And of course, they verify it. So um, critical that every agent um, 
a number of spots in the transaction reminds their clients not to ever follow email instructions that include banking information. I think we even have a form. Don't we have a form on that? Or, yeah. or at least yeah. I know some companies do. There's a form mm-hmm. uh, that, that you can have them sign up front um, explaining uh, a lot of this. And I think that that's probably a I, – I don't know how many people are using that, but it's probably a, yeah. a good move. Well, mm-hmm. it sure won't hurt, but you and I know, do they actually sit down and read through that form when you're going through and explaining it? And isn't it just a great idea to remind them again? Sure. You know, periodically through the trends. Mm -hmm. Communication, communication, communication. The three most important things that we do in our business. Yep. If I'm a company owner or a broker, are there some uh, practices that I can put in place to keep my agents or keep their clients from going through something like this? Yeah. Um, You know, I think the most important thing is to do, do the training. Make sure that the agents get the training and the agents are educated on the risks, on how it's done so that they can uh, inform their clients and make sure that their clients do not fall prey to these victims or prey as victims. Um, We all know that not every agent shows up at the training meetings. So I guess the biggest challenge to the broker is how does the broker get all of this sensitive and and critical information to those agents that may not be showing up to the weekly or, or monthly sales meetings. But may sell. A lot. But they're out there and they're very active. (laughs) Right. Right. Sure. So, you know, we talked about the common scams, the common traps that people fall into. Are there um, any less known traps that people should be aware of? Anything that's hanging out there? You know, there are phone frauds that go on. Um, There are primarily, though, in our industry, they're using email Mm -hmm. to to do this, to to get the fraudulent banking information out there, to get the money sent to the wrong bank Mm -hmm. and to the wrong account. So um, that is the great majority of them. Sometimes they're done by phone also, and there are are all different kinds of other scams that are done via phone, via Internet, via Facebook, via any other vehicle that's out there for communication. Well, there was recently, I think it was just a few weeks back, that the National Association had someone um, phishing emails, and they had like a the realtor banner ad at the top, and it was they were trying to get funds sent to a GoFundMe page for a member of the realtor family. Um, do you remember any of that coming about whenever that was going through the, the channels? Yeah, so there's another example of how good they are, that they copy absolutely everything on those emails to make it look authentic when in truth it's not. So, you know, they're they're not only attacking title companies and banks and lenders and uh, buyers and sellers, but now they're actually attacking the industry also. Right. And, you know, and it's the what the National Association want to remind everybody is that they will never um, solicit donations for personal or individual charities. The National Association is really just going to have you drive funds to the Realtor Relief Foundation. However, you know, as an agent, we just have big, big hearts and we see an agent in need and go fund me. I can help this person. You know, why would I not do that? You know, and it's just a reminder of the think of the bigger picture sorts of things. And again, just check who it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And if it is something extraordinary, something that you've not seen before, it's probably worth checking into before you follow up with it. I think part of what you're telling us is all of those obnoxious logins that we have through various lenders and title companies, those all serve a a very real purpose. And if we could just remember the passwords, we would be. I know it's so aggravating to be honest, but we, I mean, it's a, it's such a necessity. Yeah. But now most of those are picking up the secondary verifications. Mm -hmm. So they're also sending you a text with a code, a secure code, just to verify that you are who you say you are. Sure. Yeah. 
And that was the thing that uh, this is totally squirrel off topic, and yet it's still on topic. You know, the whenever you're logging into something and it wants to make sure that you're not a robot and it has the oh, the pictures gosh. and you have to find all of the cars oh, or all of the stoplights. Hate it. Uh, well, I, I recently <laughs> was having a conversation with someone, and they were explaining the whole purpose of that is you're actually teaching Google how to recognize what a car or a stoplight is because the uh, artificial intelligence, it doesn't know what one of those is and you're teaching it so that later on in pictures, it'll just be able to see a picture and be able to know what all of the images in a picture are. So we're actually doing the education. That's why sometimes you'll get them wrong two or three times. It's not that you got them wrong. It's they want you to just keep doing more of them so they can gather more data from you about what actually is a car or a stoplight or what's red, all of those things. We're teaching the artificial intelligence based off our intelligence. Wow. So that was a squirrel that had nothing That's to do with this. And yet it was the, the, the second bear for the, the next, I can't say that word. Anyways, that's what made me think of that. I feel like they're conspiring against us now. They're they making are. me feel like I'm a robot uh, because I keep on getting it wrong, wrong. But really, they just need my brain. Right. You have a really smart brain. So they want you to do it more and more times, Alex. That's what it means. So like 10 times. Oh, Alex is super smart. Bobby gets through on the first time. Oh, she's dumb. It's, it's okay. It's good. So... Tom's looking at us right now. <laughs> he doesn't know how to take us yet. I'm learning. Uh-huh. Tom met me for the first time a couple of weeks ago at the KCRER installation and holiday party. So um, that was about a month ago. So just, Tom's not really sure how to take me yet. So we're, we're all good. So that's fine. I'm okay, Tom. I promise I am. Well, Tom, I have a question for you. What is it that, uh, that got you kind of interested in this topic? I know that I, I've heard you talk about it quite a few times. Um, and I've heard uh, a couple of people from your company talk about it quite a bit. Why is it so, uh, have you been impacted by this? Is this something that, how often do you see this stuff come about? Yeah. Um, you know, I'll answer the second question first, and that is that it's almost every day we are getting attempts. Every day. Every day we are getting attempts and, uh, we, we have been undergoing training in our industry, uh, for years now. And and every one of this the, is the title industry. This is, I, and I'm sorry, yeah, the title and escrow industry because the, I mean, our role in the transaction is that we create the legal documents to transfer or convey real estate, but we also move all the money around and make sure that all the terms of that real estate contract are fulfilled. So it's the money part that gets our interest. And obviously, if we're handling other people's money, number one, we're regulated, and number two, we have to make sure that it goes to the right places in the right amounts. And if that is not happening, there's a great risk to the title and escrow company for um if the money got to us there is a great risk to us Mm -hmm. so that's why we've been been doing extensive training for years and years and years in our company and most other companies that that are um larger companies and substantial companies should be doing the same type of back testing that we do so we actually send fraudulent attempts to our employees on a periodic basis to see if they fall for it Oh, nice. And that very verifies or confirms whether they the training is effective or not, and and or if we miss somebody. So do you find that that training is effective. We we do to a great extent. Um, great. Just like anything else, it's not a perfect sure. world. Mm-hmm. So the one hundred percent a great goal, and we're very very close to it. But um, it is something that our entire industry and every player in the industry has been doing for years now because of the risk to not only to us. You know, financially, it's a risk to us. But if you step back and think about who's the greatest at the greatest risk, it is the realtor because it's the realtor's reputation that's on the line. And while it may cost a title company seventy or eighty thousand dollars at a loss at one time, what does it do to the reputation of the agent who yeah. did not 
inform their client, and therefore mm-hmm. they fell to that. Um, that, could, that could, I saw did, there was an article that came out on Inman uh, just recently uh, in the last uh, last few months, uh, where they uh, they uh, somebody was able to get into their email mm-hmm. and send wiring instructions to their client, and their client wired a significant amount of money to this account mm-hmm. um and, and in fact i think what happened was uh somebody got into somebody was able to impersonate a title officer an escrow officer and sent wiring instructions to the agent who then forwarded those wiring instructions to the client and the client used those instructions and once that's done that's done am yeah. i right tom i mean they, that that let's say it was ninety thousand dollars that client just lost ninety thousand dollars once those dollars are gone if they've ended up in the wrong account and they are transferred out of the country which is almost uh universally what's happens mm-hmm. it's gone so it's it's a great great loss and it's a great risk to everybody involved in the transaction and we all share the risk and we all share the responsibility to make sure that we're doing everything we can to keep your your clients informed and educated so that they don't fall prey to these these fraudsters yeah and it's and it's typically sometimes these people entire life savings and <laughs> if, if even if it's not the transaction isn't going through they don't have another however much to put this back up again so it's not only just affecting the buyer and their realtor it's affecting the seller the other side because no one has any money to come to the closing right. table anymore so there's real harm which means real liability right exactly yeah. so um so what are you know you know other than you know looking for the the hovering over links if you're not sure but even if you are sure because everything else looks exactly the same what are some ways that people can protect themselves okay so you know first thing would would be just be alert mm-hmm. you know so just make sure that that um if it's getting down towards closing be alert to any emails know that no reputable title or escrow company will send you wiring instructions via email because it's not secure. So just know that. So number one is be alert. Number two, don't ever click on any embedded links that you get regarding uh, wiring instructions or anything to do with money in a transaction. Number three, advise your clients early and often through the transaction to be aware of this so that when they are coming down to the last few days before closing and moving and the stress is at its peak level and they're just trying to get through this process um, that they don't fall just doing something because it looks official and it looks like something important and they want to make sure that their transaction goes through so they want to send the money and do not follow that ins- instruction. Um, and finally, and probably the most important thing is maintain your great relationship with your clients. Make sure that they always call you first regarding anything with any questions because if they're always reaching out to you, you're educated and you are going to alert them that no, do not ever, ever, ever send your money anywhere other than what was given to you in person at a title company uh, or via secure, uh, any type of secure communication. Tom, I think this is all really great advice, and uh, I, I know that it's a great risk, and we appreciate your insight on it all, and uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you for your time today. We really, really appreciate it. Well, it's an honor to be here with you both. Thanks so much, Tom. All right. We'll see you next time for another episode of Kansas City Real Talk by KCRAO.